This is the Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Now, with today's Caribbean News headlines, here's Keisha Wallace. Welcome to Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup. Here's a look at some of our Caribbean headlines for today. President of the Republic of India arrives in Jamaica. Date set for Grenada's next general election. Barbados' decision to be made soon on new IMF program. St. Martin's Princess Juliana International Airport announces successful debt refinancing transaction. U.S. Supreme Court rules Puerto Ricans don't have constitutional right to some federal benefits. Heineken St. Lucia Limited steps up further to advance recycling efforts on the island. And Cuba committed to green development despite pandemic and sanctions. These and other stories on today's Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Monday, May 16th. We start a report today in Jamaica. Jamaica Information Service reports that Jamaica officially welcomed the President of the Republic of India, His Excellency the Honorable Ram Nat Colvin, to the island on Sunday, May 15th for a four-day state visit. President Colvin, who is the first President of India to visit Jamaica, was greeted at the Norman Manley International Airport in Kingston with a 21-gun salute and a delegation of state and government officials led by Governor General, His Excellency, the Most Honorable Sir Patrick Allen, and Prime Minister, the Most Honorable Andrew Holness. President Coven's visit coincided with Jamaica's 60th Independence Anniversary Celebration and also marks 60 years of diplomatic relations between Jamaica and India. During the visit, the Indian President will pay a courtesy call on the Governor General. He will also meet with the Prime Minister Holness and engage in other activities, including laying a wreath at the shrine of Jamaica's first national hero, the right excellent Marcus Garvey, and hold an engagement with the Indian community in Jamaica. HaitiNews.net reports via Asian News International that the Indians are also elated to meet the president on Jamaica's mainland. The visit of President Coven is expected to strengthen the diplomatic relations between the countries, as well as give a boost to bilateral trade. President Coven will leave Jamaica on Wednesday, May 18th. Grenada now reports that Grenadians will go to the polls on Thursday, June 23rd. Prime Minister Dr. the Right Honorable Keith Mitchell made the announcement at a political meeting in St. Andrews on Saturday night. Dr. Mitchell said he already asked the Governor General to dissolve Parliament effective today, Monday, May 16th. Further, he asked the Governor General to issue the writ for elections on May 17th. Grenadians who are not yet registered have only one remaining day to do so and be able to cast their ballot in the upcoming general elections. Nomination for candidates will be on Wednesday, June 1st. As is customary, police officers will participate in advanced polling on Monday, June 20th, while the rest of the electorate will vote on June 23rd. Barbados Today reports that the government of Barbados will decide in the coming months if it will enter into another international monetary fund program. Prime Minister Mia Motley made a disclosure at the end of an IMF mission to Barbados led by its mission chief, Bert Van Selm 
for its seventh and final review of the Barbados Economic Recovery and Transformational Program Extended Fund Facility. She told reporters that the current program would end on September 30th and discussions would begin once the mission report passes the board at the end of June. Motley mentioned the possibility of a roadshow in September to start to tell our story to the capital markets, pointing out whether we go back into an IMF program or not. We believe that our story, which is a credible story, has to be told in order to be able to get to our way back to investment grade, which we hope would have been much further along had we not had the intervention of the pandemic and the climate crisis. Noting that the last three and a half years of her administration had been challenging, the Prime Minister credited the IMF for much of what had been achieved so far in particular, governments paying off 98% of the $1.7 billion in outstanding debt inherited in 2018. Motley said Barbados was not yet out of the woods, but described the relationship with the financial agency as rewarding, even if it had not always agreed on everything. Meanwhile, Van Slum said Barbados had reached a staff-level agreement with the extended fund facility. Following its latest review and once approved by the IMF board in June, the country would have access to 23 million U.S. dollars in funding. The IMF team was in the island at the request of the government from May 9th to 13th. St. Martin Island Times reports that on May 11, Princess Juliana International Airport successfully completed the refinancing of its 2012 issuance agreement with loans under a new term credit facility in the amount of $90 million. The new credit facility has closed on more favorable terms and a reduced interest rate of 4.75%, allowing Princess Juliana International Airport to stabilize its much-needed cash position. By taking advantage of low borrowing costs and actively managing its short and medium-term maturity profile, Princess Juliana International Airport has improved its ability to invest in financial stability and future growth. This step is consistent with Princess Juliana International Airport's strategy of building the airport for the future of St. Martin. The Princess Juliana International Airport was able to find the necessary funding within the former Netherlands Antilles and is very excited to report that the majority of funds, 46%, came from St. Martin institutions, 39% from Curacao-based institutions, and 15% from Aruba-based institutions. CNN News reports in April that the U.S. Supreme Court ruled that the U.S. Congress can exclude residents of Puerto Rico from some federal disability benefits available to those who live in the 50 states. The 8-1 opinion was written by Justice Brett Kavanaugh with Justice Sonia Sotomayor dissenting. 
The case concerns supplemental security income that is available to those living in the 50 states who are older than 65, blind or disabled. But residents of Puerto Rico and other U.S. territories are excluded from receiving the funds. Kavanaugh noted that residents of Puerto Rico are typically exempt from most federal income, gift, estate, and excise taxes, but that they are eligible for Social Security and Medicare. Kavanaugh said that just as not every federal tax extends to residents of Puerto Rico, so too not every federal benefit program extends to residents of Puerto Rico. Sotomayor, whose parents were born in Puerto Rico, penned the sole dissenting opinion. Equal treatment of citizens should not be left to the garries of the political process, she said. The case involved Jose Luis Valero Madero, who was born in Puerto Rico, lived in New York from 1985 to 2013. After moving back to Puerto Rico in 2013, he continued to accept the payments until the government was made aware that he was now living outside the 50 states. He was told that his benefits would be discontinued and that he owed the government $28,081 in payback. His lawyers later sued, arguing that the exclusion of Puerto Rican residents violated the Equal Protection Clause of the Constitution's 14th Amendment. The Biden administration has defended the exclusion, noting that most Puerto Ricans are exempt from federal taxes, so Congress could take into consideration that reduced contribution when excluding them from some disability benefits. A government lawyer stressed that it would be up to Congress to extend the benefit, and President Joe Biden has made the call on Congress to do so. St. Lucia Times reports that St. Lucia's leading sustainable beverage and manufacturer, Heineken St. Lucia Limited, has pledged its continued partnership for Replas. The company, along with its Coca-Cola and Pitten Malta brands on Thursday, May 12, announced an investment of $95,300 towards the continuation of the recycling scheme during a check handover at its commercial offices in Union Castries. The investment will facilitate phase three of the project for the period of May to August 2022 to safeguard the continued operation of the replast collection points within northern and southern districts. In the absence of a sustainable deposit system for plastic on island, Replast, a project aimed at incentivizing plastic waste collection and recycling scheme in St. Lucia, continues to fill the void. Heineken St. Lucia continues to engage government and other industry players on the design of an appropriate system. To date, Replast has collected over 129,000 pounds of PET plastic bottles, which has been further distributed to recycling plants within the wider Caribbean. HaitiNews.net via Chinua News reports that according to observers, Cuba's government is committed to sustainable development despite the added challenges posed by COVID-19 pandemic and stepped up U.S. economic trade and financial sanctions. 
Business leaders, scientific experts, and local authorities have joined forces to adopt measures that will promote a prosperous economy in harmony with the protection of the environment and natural resources, such as using alternative fuels, replanting mangroves, and recycling tech junk. Odelaise Gorkochia, head of environment at the Ministry of Science, Technology and Environment said, it is important to replace fossil fuels and reduce carbon dioxide emissions into the atmosphere. She made the remarks while Cuba is carrying out a program of consultation with different parties of society prior to the international meeting. Stockholm Plus 50 convened by the United Nations to be held in early June in honor of the 50th anniversary of the Stockholm Declaration. Authorities estimate that by 2030, renewable energy sources that rely on the natural conditions of the Caribbean island will account for 37% of the nation's energy matrix. Today, current environmental regulations legislators were set to debate on May 14th the approval of a draft law on the system of natural resources and the environment, which will replace the norm set in 1997. The new law aims to strengthen the role of science to promote resilient development that guarantees the conservation of natural resources, as well as spur innovation and improve the civil defense system for disaster management. And finally, Sink its Nevis Ministry of Agriculture, Fisheries and Marine Resources is distributing 100 water tanks over the next few days in keeping with its pledge to address the water supply challenges facing many farmers in St. Kitts. Like most Caribbean countries, St. Kitts and Nevis faces the threat of severe water scarcity caused by climate change, especially during drought season when there is a significant reduction in rainfall. While speaking on the distribution of tanks, Permanent Secretary in the Ministry of Agriculture, Fisheries and Marine Resources, Ron Dublin Collins said, the water tanks will help farmers prepare for the extreme dry weather conditions predicted over the next few months and will also help to improve water usage on their farms, enhance productivity through efficient use of water while also securing water supplies for crops, irrigation and hydration for livestock. The 1,000-gallon water tanks are corrosion-resistant, durable single units with a strong tank wall and additional protection from leaks or weathering. They can store a total of 3,785 liters and are ideal for rainwater harvesting and low-maintenance water storage. This has been your Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup for Monday, May 16th. I'm Keisha Wallace. For more Caribbean news stories and information, visit us online at pulseofthecaribbean.com. If you found value in this podcast, be sure to like and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And thank you in advance for choosing Pulse of the Caribbean, Caribbean News Roundup as your source for Caribbean-centered news.